four, 280 pound muscular men. Four muscular men. Muscular men. Four muscular men. Muscular men. Muscular men. All right. Welcome to a spooky edition of the SSFL podcast. <laughs> spooky for more than one reason. We're back again with the usual crowd. Tony, how's it going? It's pretty fucking fantastic. Hold on, let me turn on my video so you can see my beautiful face. <laughs> Eric, what's new? Uh, it was good until five seconds ago. <laughs> Last but not least, Kevin, how are the Canucks? Uh, well, actually, not very good, but you know, oh. I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking. And well, I was wondering why Anthony's video wasn't on, so I'm a little bit disappointed he put it back on before I could ask. Oh, that's <laughs> too bad. Uh, big week. I think uh, we don't have official confirmation, but Tony is is seven and zero in SSFL record. Oh, that is a very good question. You, I'm actually kind of shocked that I haven't looked that up. Um, <laughs> I'm giving you a softball here, and you're fumbling yeah. it. I, I I don't know. I'd have to. That requires, I guess, like manually going back and checking. Right? I don't know if there's a like an easy way to see that. Um, oh. I just discovered that in oh Justin, yeah, in 2013, oh. the fear boners. Oh, Jay's team was now. so good. That the that was when he boners. had um. Was that the uh, Peyton Manning? Yeah, with through like 80 touchdowns. Did he win week eight? He did. He, won he went nine, nine and zero. Oh. Week ten, he went ten and zero. Oh. oh my oh god! My god! He lost in week eleven to Des Nuts. That's. What was Jay's team? Can you just click on, on yeah. Jay's team? Give me, give me the the losing lineup here. Uh, Peyton oh, Manning, yeah, Jamal God. Charles, Marshawn Lynch, Vincent Jackson, Gronk, Keenan Allen, uh, Stephen Ridley. This is uh, the Hicker year that the um, that Kyle took Trent Richardson ahead of uh, Jamal Charles, and then Jay picked Jamal Charles, and then followed it up with a Peyton Manning pick later on, and that was pretty much all he needed. Those two what, players, I think, did, um, dominated. Did Jamal Charles have a COVID vaccine? Is that one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a simpler time. Calvin Johnson with a casual 179 and two touchdowns. No big. Tony, I take it back. Um, come back in three weeks and we'll check back in. And and oh, I mean, that's that's good. That's, that's going to be tough to beat. That's going to be up there for a while. It's also, this is uh, the year J1, and it's just interesting that he just like... His team just kept uh, kept rolling all through the playoffs. Sometimes that doesn't always happen in fantasy football. It takes one bad beat in the semifinals, but he's preparing himself already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean you have to be up. nervous, right? You have to be nervous. This is the first. I like this. This is the first chink in the armor. What is it? Week week eight. Uh oh. First time he's admitting to it. Last time it was bald face confidence. I'd be worried. Look at yeah. this though. Justin rolling through the playoffs. Week 15 semifinal oh wins by 60 points. <laughs> and like 98 points is like, this is before we did half PPR Whoa. too. So like, that's like me. nothing to scoff at, right? Marshawn Lynch put up 50. Oh no, Jamal Oh, Charles. Jamal Charles game. Oh no. Ridiculous. At, at the Raiders, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 You can't even be mad 16, about that. Week 16 again wins comfortably by 36. Yeah. To Dion I mean, in second place. Yeah, again, was second Charles for like four years in a row or something like that. Yeah, he then. was. That segues very well into our top five this week. <laughs> you know, if you look at his team, like the rest of his, I guess he got double digits from kicker and defense, but I mean, the rest of his team was just mediocre. But 
50 had combined 50 points from and this is when we had four point um passing touchdowns too so 32 points from a quarterback is like a bazillion des Mm -hmm. des was like a star receiver at this point wasn't he like this is still like peak romo yep look at this he loses gronkowski to an injury in playoffs and still just puts up 120 with dennis pitta as his tight end arguably the best team ever assembled in the ssfl probably i make a case you could make a case. I, I mean, I think the case is pretty clear. He set the record 10-0 and 0 to start the season. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Okay, let's jump into it, actually. Let's jump into our top five. So we talked about this last week. We uh, were curious who had placed more, most consistently in uh, the SSFL. We thought, or I was curious, like, Char's always uh, seems like he's making it work. So I was curious. So I went back through all the history. I added up everyone's... Um, or averaged out everyone's like place throughout the season. So I'm going to go top five, starting with number five, Tony. Oh yeah. Higher than I thought. (laughs) I actually (laughs) think that's about right. It's actually, it's pretty tight. Like uh, nine through it's very, very tight. There's a lot. What did you do? Just average uh, like finishes at the end of the year, including playoffs essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually position finished or this is win percentage. Yeah, it's position finished, so okay. um, it takes into account like the Pronley, which can actually like really mess with you. You know, you hit a couple bad weeks, even if you finished reasonably well in the season, because we put everyone in there. I've had a, a rough my lot. previous two years have been. I think I've missed playoffs. It's been a real grind. So yeah, I, yeah. I think you know, that makes sense. Make it three. Twelfth and twelfth in twenty nineteen <laughs> is your uh, career low. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That was a terrible year. Yeah. Uh, so your average place is six point one eight. So oh, barely missing skip. the playoffs. Yeah. Um. Next up, we got Kenny. Uh, smaller sample size, so that makes things a little tricky. But an average spot of sixth. This kind of surprised me. Kind of didn't. Like it feels like Kenny's always, you know, a contender. Yep, he's always hanging around. Uh, Justin average spot of 5.18 so another good jump uh not not the best way to end it in 2020 with a a 14 (laughs) uh, really really hurt his uh his rankings but a solid run of finishes from 2013 all the way until 2018 Mm. making playoffs making top four and then a big step to number one anyone want to guess it's gotta be dion did we get number two last week Who's number three? Did I miss one? Oh, I went backward. I screwed that up, actually. Um, James is actually fifth. Tied with Tony. That's why mm. I, was, I mm. missed it. James and Tony tied. Although James's is much more like he's got two seconds, a first, and a third, and then a lot of 11s and 10s. <laughs> he's, he's very much the like bimodal uh, way to get there. Yeah, so it's... <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs> I just explained it before, so. Bimodal? I don't know what that means. Well, it's like, Two modes. You know what? I'm not going to. Never mind. Um, <laughs> so James, Tony, Kenny, Justin, and then Dion, 3.27. Mm. Two wow. ranks. Two ranks higher than Justin in second. Makes sense. And, like like Eric was saying, he finished second like four years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Two, one, two, two, five, four, two, two. 
<laughs> like just a lot of very consistent finishes. But can't only close it out once, which I don't know what that says about Dion, to be honest. The standard deviation of his rank, so the like how spread apart they are, is also like half everyone else's. So he is mm. like consistently, uh, consistently in the top four all the time. So just thought it was interesting. A little follow up from last week. Um, Dion is pretty good at this. Kevin was right. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? Fantasy football is random. I could win championships. So can you. So <laughs> try With it. respect to yeah. what it says about Dion's team finishing second all those times, I feel like what it says is he's been unbelievably unlucky. Mm. Like, you know. For sure. You can craft whatever any, narrative you want. Oh, any God. given week, your chance of winning against your opponent is roughly 50-50. Like, I think even, like, the best team versus the worst team, it maybe gets as bad as, like, 60-40. So when you're in a championship, it's probably close to 50-50 every time. So the fact that he's lost coin flips like six times. It's got to be something to it then. You know, at some point it's just a pattern or a trend. No, I, I don't buy that you're like, you're roughly 50-50. Like I think that like his management of his team week to week is probably like substantially better than mine. Like picking up the players that matter, moving out players that don't matter. Like I that's it it feels like it'd be hard to write a narrative where he's been like super unlucky i find he always has one or two of those guys that are just like unbelievably consistent like they always finish at like 18th at their position and you're kind of like oh yeah that makes sense at the end of the year and someone i never would have bought into but i always find that about his team i look at it and i never Mm -hmm. be overly impressed until you're in week eight and you're like oh wait a minute all of those people are pretty good so, Maybe right. that's why he can't close it out in the finals, just doesn't have that extra pop. Yeah, but I'm with Eric. Like The whole point is get yourself there and give yourself eight opportunities. You'd like to fall ass backwards into three of them, like that sort of thing. Only At some point, upper point. management has to be held accountable. <laughs> All right. Uh, when, I, when I started this, I was really worried that even with like the small sample size that maybe like Greg and Lewis's records were going to be a lot better, and I was going to like accidentally renaming the Pronley after myself or something. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, um, they, oh, do you have the bottom five? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. This is I'm good stuff. Be there, I think it's actually uh, a graveyard of people that don't play oh. in the SSFL anymore. Ethan, Jack, Greg, Lewis, and it's Jack, Kean, Zach, Greg, Lewis. <laughs> oh, Zach with one season. Yeah. <laughs> Um, everyone else has had a little bit of their time in the sun. I will be the first to admit my number one is doing some heavy lifting on my side, but I'll take it. Uh, oh, Ethan actually had a little, a uh, in 2018. Hmm. Little, little trivia question for you boys. What was Zach Sarita's team name in the oh one season he played fantasy God, football? It had to be a penis joke. <laughs> <laughs> What Pretty year close. was it? <laughs> yeah, was this? this was 2010, so like the fall oh, of our grad year. I don't know. Deflated balls or something like that. You're, you're extremely close, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Uh, Zach's team name was the Splooge Express. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... That's surprisingly that close. You said that a lot at hockey, actually, so that makes sense. <laughs> God, that's funny. That's great. 
<laughs> I honestly forgot. Actually, completely forgot that Zach Sarita was in this league at one point. Bit of a stain on the league, if you ask me. If you go back and look at some of those transactions, he basically stole, sold his team to Dion at the end of the season for nothing. So a bit of a asterisk, asterisk on the last segment. Yeah, well, that, that's mean, only that's only a fifth on that one, so that actually almost hurts his average. <laughs> Plus, he's got Char doing that now, anyway. So it's true. What can you do, <laughs> Tony? You got anything you want to complain about this week? can't complain i'm just cruising right now no so i'm doing good feeling good i wish kevin's face would work over audio the disappointment the frustration you know we got through the bye week eckler and harris were on by still managed to get a win and i mean it's just everyone in this league has known this guy for at least 10 years like minimum no, no, like since arguably since oh god, I hate it, and you can hear it in his voice. You know what he's doing, and that's why it's my, making my face do stuff. Like, yeah, it's the winning. exact same voice he used to make when he hit like three shots in a row in grade six basketball. Like it hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> For someone who didn't didn't claim to know what a heel was, he's doing a great job settling settling into that role. Man, I can't wait! I can't wait for the first round first round implosion he's gonna be so mad at himself well i'll be getting a buy so it'll be at least a it's second round be super implosion. impressive then <laughs> eric do you have some <laughs> uh some spooky facts for us today uh i think uh anthony does too we're gonna do a little uh ssfl ghost story yeah here yeah Ooh. i got one that's gonna haunt james oh no oh! That, that was James Giberson. Anthony, give okay. it to us. So the year is 2011. It's the year that I actually, it was my championship year. So this game is super important because I made the playoffs by one game, wild card at seven and six. So it's week, what week is this? Nine. Okay. It's week nine. I'm four and four. James is five and three. And it's a low scoring game. It's, it's a low-scoring game. The final score was 79 to 75. So that's already terrifying. Okay. And boy, do I need a win. And I remember this game because um, Jay and I were playing intramurals up at UBCO. And it came down to a Monday night game. And I was up by, it must have been 15 points. And he had Matt Forte to play. And that was it. And Forte starts the game off just ripping off huge runs. I went through actually the box score of that game. It was like 17 yards, 14 yards, 20 yards gets vultured at the goal line. Uh, actually, I, I wonder if the name sounded very familiar. Um, I'm trying to find it now. Here we go. Here we go. Um, okay. So actually first um, he starts ripping off runs and then he fumbles like sometime in the second quarter, he fumbles. That's huge for me, you know, minus two, whatnot, but still like, it's looking really bad. It's looking really bad. And, um, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, it'd be funny. Like if he like fumbled again and kind of got punished for it, I was saying to Jay, I'm like, that's kind of what I need to happen. I need him to fumble twice. And then he needs to like sit for a quarter. And sure enough, in the same qu- third quarter, he fumbles again. Now he's got two fumbles. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's happening, no. right? It's no. happening. I'm sitting there and Jay and I are watching. I'm like, holy shit, like he did it. Like he fumbled again. And uh, so he, he takes a couple series off, if I remember correctly. 
and um, then he he comes back in um, and oh here it is he was earlier vultured by a Michael Barber I think M Barber was it Michael Barber he was that big back that they had in Chicago who always vultured Matt Forte it was like the bane of his existence and it was a two-yard touchdown too and Forte did all the work on that drive and you just um, you just love to see it and uh, you know even at the end of the game when they were running the clock out Forte was getting some like carries just to grind it out and um, he didn't quite catch me. So I ended up winning by four points and Matt Forte had two fumbles that game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's the four point differential right there. Uh, he still finished with 133 rushing yards. So he still played well, but I literally said to Jay, when we're at intermeals heading back, I was like, I think Matt Forte needs to fumble twice this game for me to win. And he did. And uh, I went on to win that year. Um, squeaking in in the wild card and then getting hot in the playoffs so i remember that game very clearly it, w- it was quite funny and i feel really bad for for james i think it's really funny that you've got a coach that like the guy fumbles and you punish him and then the guy fucking marches it the entire way down the field and he's like no nah, you can't have this touchdown <laughs> yeah it's just like you know marion barber marion barber that's who it was yeah what year was this 2000 2000- uh, 2011. But I don't think that was actually the guy that was vulturing all the touchdowns typically from Forte. There was another, was there guy another was one? There. Michael Bush. Oh, yeah. Michael that's Bush. A, Yeah, that's who maybe who I'm getting mixed up with. Another MB name. Terrific shout. That's uh, three points on uh, name John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, had to, couldn't have felt good if you were James. I mean, that, that's something that would probably haunt me. It's tough. You know, you could go, you could have a great season and then the wheels could fall off in the second half and you could miss playoffs. I'd hate to see it happen to anyone. Actually, um, did James make the playoffs that year? I don't actually know. That could have been... Uh... Oh, yeah, he did. And then he got pummeled by uh, by Dion <laughs> in, the, in the semifinal. So that'll happen. What would have happened if he had beaten you in that game? That I know, question. right? That I didn't. I didn't go. Um, let me see. Let's go look at. Is this when we were playing intramural football? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. So um, we go week ten. So James actually missed. Um, uh, so he finished as a third seed, and if he had won that game, he possibly could have finished as maybe a number two seed. Uh, yeah, he would have because actually uh, Kevin got slightly no screwed that year in that he was in the same division as Mitch and should have been the two seed, but instead finished as the four seed because of the wild card situation. Oh, so it actually didn't matter. Uh, so yeah, no, it would have because Kevin wasn't eligible for uh-huh. the bye. But so Harsh got the bye, it looks like. Uh, no, James no. did get the bye, right? James James did get the bye. Okay. Yeah, didn't so matter, it didn't, I, never mattered to me though. <laughs> yeah, Kev, you had a good team that All year. Right. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually half expecting myself to be in that top five because I've can fit, like consistently finished like sixth, 
five. Oh, and I and I beat you in the quarterfinals that year. So actually, it mattered more. It's more of a horror story for Kevin more so than anything because I made playoffs and then knocked him out. That's true. So that's very spooky. Oh, Kevin with a heartbreaking five points from Ryan Fitzpatrick in that playoff game. See, oh, not even Maurice Jones Drew could save you. Oh, I think that was the year that Maurice Jones Drew won the Russian title three guys named so Jackson like... on my team and it's <laughs> <laughs> a good team. Should have called your team the Jackson no, we did. I didn't. I didn't roll with Fitzpatrick. There's got to be someone else on there. Darren no, I, yeah, McFadden. Like he was a flex. You had you had Andy Dalton. Oh, on your Red team Rifle. Maybe Tyler Eifert was around. <laughs> is, is that why you were red hot? No, of course it's not. It's because of me. <laughs> that's frank gore carrying me to a championship it's always nice when your favorite player helps you out in fantasy football too. Brand fucking so grew unbelievable all right <laughs> get me off the screen next question <laughs> it's too spooky for kevin right play some sound effects for him <laughs> We're gloating all right spooky. i got another one got another one Good. for you uh, this one's even spookier. Uh, forgive me if you've heard this one before, but I always feel like this is the scariest thing that's ever happened to anybody in the history of the SSFL. <laughs> it's 2011. Oh, we're going 2011 oh, spooky year. year. <laughs> 2011, preseason. We just had the draft. Harsh hair. Coming off a playoff finish, I think he finished fifth in 2010 feeling good about himself he knows his football gets a trade offer from Dion Dion is willing to offer him Fred Jackson and Heinz Ward for CJ Spiller and Andre Johnson Harsh is like this is great Dion's an idiot this is a perfect trade CJ Spiller's got nothing Fred Jackson's about to go off this year clicks accept 20 minutes later unbeknownst to Harsh there's a group chat out there in the world. Anthony, Dion, Eric, Justin. Justin gets a message from Anthony. He says, I don't know about this trade. I think you, you might have to veto this one, Justin. I think Harsh just got trade raped. Rape jokes were still cool. That was 2011. <laughs> the league was very popular. <laughs> Eric jumps in. Yeah, this is, this is clearly unfair. CJ Spiller is up and coming. Rookie, he's going to overtake Fred Jackson. Fred Jackson's 107 years old. You know, Andre Johnson's a perennial all-pro. Justin's like, okay, vetoes the trade. Trade doesn't go through. Cut to week four. Andre Johnson, having an okay year for Harsh, tears his hamstring out for the rest of the season. Plays, I think, two more games that year. Meanwhile, Fred Jackson has gone 100 yards a hundred yards and two touchdowns, a hundred yards, a hundred yards. The first seven weeks, he goes a hundred yards five times and scores eight touchdowns. CJ Spiller is nowhere to be found in the, in the Bills backfield. Harsh would have had an unbelievable team, but a bunch of idiots decided that Harsh didn't know what he was talking about and paid him no respect and asked Justin to veto his wow. trade. Wow, I didn't know this happened. But to week 14... Harsh makes the playoffs, actually finished with an eight and five record, despite our, you know, sabotaging his lineup, gets into the playoffs. Who does he face oh, no. in oh, the first no. round of the playoffs? 
<laughs> but Dion Lane. <laughs> I think you know how the story ends. I need a sound effect here. Ah! You know, oh, no. moral of that horror story is never veto trades. And I think we've, you know, we've learned from our mistakes. I think that yeah. to veto a trade, it has to be a like someone broke their leg and someone didn't see it yet. Or like, you know, some kind of really yeah. like it has to be a Fuck that. I got screwed out of a draft pick because I drafted someone <laughs> with a broken leg. That's a brutal example. No chance. There's you shouldn't you shouldn't have the ability to veto any trades unless it's obvious collusion. No, I agree. It's obvious agree. collusion is the only yes. only thing. Yeah. Also, I forgot okay. the SSML so, used to be ruled by that, an oligarchy. Uh, I think it still is. In fact, yeah. you know, it, it definitely is. But it's ruled by the people. That Jay, care. Jay is like the uh, like the honorary like commissioner. Yeah, but, you know, and then um, he's we're, got, like, we're the governor's general, and Jay is the queen. <laughs> the, uh, Jay, if you're listening, don't take that. He's not listening. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of which, we decided after the year, we looked at this and we said, okay, no more vetoing trades. It just, it's not going to happen. So you cut to week 10 of the next year. It's Harsh's team is five and five. Dion's team is six and four. Trade deadline is approaching. Calvin Johnson, Harsh has Calvin Johnson and Adrian Peterson. Yes. If you remember 2012. They both set all-time records for yards that year. Calvin Johnson was the first wide receiver to go over 2,000 yards. Adrian Peterson was the second running back to go over 2,100. In week 10, Harsh trades Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, and Eli Manning to Dion for Aaron Rodgers uh, and a bag of stuff. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, CJ Spiller, Dwayne Bowe, and William Spiller. Powell. What? So at the time, this didn't actually seem crazy. Like it was a little yeah. bit out there, but I remember thinking like Adrian Peterson hadn't totally and this gone is the year yet. he was coming back like, from his ACL um, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Calvin Johnson had started the year, the first four weeks going two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. So it was reasonable to think that he was like going to regress. And he wasn't going to like do that again. But the very next week, week 10, Harsh loses by 0.2 to Lewis Prime. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, Harsh in his wide receiver one spot has a wide receiver for the Cardinals named Andre Roberts who scores <laughs> 0.7 points, while Calvin Johnson on Dion's team scores like 20. Oh, no. So an easy win over Lewis with that not happening. The next week, Harsh takes out Justin so that going into week 13, he has the tiebreaker on Justin, and Justin is his competition for the final wildcard spot. Who's he playing in week 13? Dion Lane. Oh my god, this happened? Adrian Peterson and Calvin Johnson combined for 55 points. Dion scores more than over 130. Harsh puts up a solid like 108 or something and, and loses and misses the playoffs. Dion goes on to win a championship with Adrian Peterson and Calvin Johnson in Slam. Who's Insane. Dion's rival? Kenny. It should, it should be, be harsh. It should be harsh. It should be harsh <laughs> at this point. That's insane. I had no idea it ran that deep. Wow. Wow. That's some like great dive, spooky, Eric. Very spooky. 
Good poll. Thank you. Jeez. It's like borderline like conspiracy. Like something's going on here. <laughs> Unexplainable. All right. Anybody else got a ghost well, story? Actually, speaking of spooky things happening to Harsh, who watched the Seahawks and the Saints last night? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Monday night. I uh so to set the seed for anyone who wasn't uh paying attention to our game i finished sunday night 10 points ahead of or sorry 9.05 points ahead of harsh and he needed and he has the saints defense playing monday night projected to score 9.04 points so it is toit and it was not a good game both teams looked horrible. I'm I'm relying on Geno Smith being able to keep the ball, not throw any interceptions, not get sacked. And thankfully, they ran the ball like 38 times, it like consecutively. Something like that. What? No, no chance. No, yeah. that's got to be total. Yeah, in the second quarter. So first play, first like quarter. I actually missed the first quarter. But Metcalf had like a huge run, right? A huge yeah. pass, ran for a touchdown. And then he didn't even get a second target until like the third quarter. They ran the ball like an obscene amount of times in a row. Yeah, but I mean, just because they're not throwing it to DK doesn't mean they're running the ball, right? Although that should be that should be their offense. Yeah, Freddie, they throw it to DK or run the ball. Freddie Swain might have had the most targets. <laughs> Seriously, like every time they no. threw like a contested no, ball, yeah, I think it you was did, actually. pretty ridiculous. It was like some stupid fadeaway anyways. It feels like even if you've got a pretty mediocre quarterback and they know to cover Metcalf, it feels like you got to give them a chance to catch the ball. 100%. It's dumb not to. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. It, you should, he should be getting like 14 targets a game. The dude is the most dominant athlete on the field every time he plays. I don't understand. Like, it blows my mind, like, why he doesn't just get go balls, like, four or five times a game. It's just insane. It's just dumb. You're just, you're just like, outsmarting yourself. Like, that's spooky to me. The Seahawks offense is a horror story because uh, it's just um, it's just so frustrating to watch. Anyway, I, I, was, mean, I was getting riled up it's, there. It's not even – yeah, like – it's not even that he should be getting deep balls. It's like he's an incredibly good route runner. He's stronger than yeah. every DB that he goes up against. Um, and he's faster than every DB. So, like, you could just do the Calvin Johnson thing. Have him run a slant and a go and a slant and a go and a slant and a go and just alternate those two routes and he'll get 200 yards. But he only gets four targets because Pete Carroll hates my <laughs> fantasy team. I it's, forgot it's... you had some skin in this game, too. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's super frustrating. I uh, I remember the um, the last year I coached football at at Siakwin when we won uh, the championship. We had uh, a guy who only played for one year, and um, he was like a basketball player, but he was like six five and super athletic. Never played football before. Couldn't catch for shit. But <laughs> at least once a series, we just like made a pact with the coaches, like. We're just going to send him deep and chuck the ball up to him. And like, even if it bounces off his hands, like four times, one of them is going to go for a touchdown. That's seven points. And I feel like that's what you got to do with DK Metcalf. Like you, like it's just, it's just asinine not to include him more. Like 
ugh, it just it just frustrates me so much. I've never thrown like a pass in football, but if I was a backup quarterback coming into a team that had a very obvious physical like mismatch, I feel like I would target it more than the regular quarterback who like trusts everyone else. It, I, I've never understood that. Like if I was Davis mm-hmm. Mills, I'd throw the ball like 95 times to Brandon Cooks. I just mm-hmm. – Mm-hmm. makes more sense to me but feels like you could yeah build like you know a rapport with that one person and just abuse it and he gino did have some like real he had at least two or three of those like you know he's back eight ten yards behind the line of scrimmage there's a whole bunch of other people rushing him and he just kind of leans back and like throws <laughs> one up and it like it's flying through the air and it's flying through the air and i'm just sitting there like no please and it like bounces off of safety's hands or, you know, it like just goes out of bounds barely, or it's just like, it was, it was a very, very spooky, very tense game. And Harsh ended the night 0.04 points behind me. And uh, the spookiest part was the last play of the game by far. Oh, yes. Um, when Gino is like fourth and fucking forever, 28 or something. And he just three. chucks one. He just chucks one up. And I, oh man, I, I thought he caught it. Like I thought it was an interception. And then like it, somehow at the end it popped out or something. And you see the replay and like he had two hands on it and he even pulled it into his body. And then he hit the ground and kind of squirted out. And I was just like, you know, because I had indirectly some skin in the game as well hoping for harsh to lose because of the battle in the division. So um, that was, I was just like, you just know, because we were all talking in the chat, like Geno Smith desperation time. He's got, he's going to, he's going to throw a pick, right? This is what he does. He's done it the last two weeks in a row. He's throwing a pick in the two minute drill and he almost did it again, but he also gave up three straight sacks too, which was another impressive feat. To me, that was the most like, like the scariest part almost was like, it was, Brandon was fine and then it was one sack and then it was two sacks and then it was fourth down and you know he has to hold it and he looked like he was going to get sacked for a safety which would have been an embarrassing like three point loss and then the guy almost picks it off like it was it was a roller coaster in like in like six seconds and I'm glad I was a part of it yeah yeah it's it's those kind of games that it's fun to sweat it's fun to you know that game I probably wouldn't have even been watching it if I didn't have you know, fantasy because the first half was miserable and I would have just been like, you know what, I'm going to go do something else. But they, oh man. They, I, I think the NFL needs to embrace fantasy football because yeah, that game had no business having attention on it. It's a fucking, that was a disaster, but because of fantasy football, people were watching. How would they, what do you mean? How would they, how would they embrace it more? I don't know. I think they are now, but for a while, like a lot of the player, like I feel like five or six years ago, players were like, I don't care about your fantasy team. And like different coaches were like making fun of it. And the broadcast would like not talk about it. And, um, and then they slowly started like mentioning it. And like, sometimes like old man, Troy Aikman would be like, and for those of you playing fantasy football, you're going to love Ezekiel Elliott this week or some shit like that. And uh, so, yeah, it's, I think it's, they're, they're doing it better now, which they should, because it definitely brings so much more attention to these just god awful teams that they throw at us on prime time sometimes. Yep, Thursday. Thursday's yeah, a great Thursday's, game for once. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, bringing it back around to be about myself again for a second. 
uh, on that last Geno drive, he did get, he got sacked second down. He got sacked third down. And then he almost got sacked fourth down. But also on first down, he has a wide open DK Metcalf at the first down line and he just skips it to him. Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> My sleeper had crashed and Kevin had said something funny too. He had like, like even just whatever the, whatever the narrator said or the caster said, yeah, that was, that was not good. Gino, what are you going to do? It is yeah. crazy. Yeah. One thing I will say about like, if you're playing, like, if you're watching an NHL game, like, 50, like, 65% of the league, the third and fourth line are essentially the same players. Like, it's the elite teams that have, like, a good third line. But if you watch mm-hmm. an NFL game with a quarterback that is, like, the 45th best in the world, it's, like, borderline unwatchable because the defense mm-hmm. is so good. <laughs> it, it's, it's true. Like, we watched it with just two, two guys that played on Monday night or whatever, and it's, like... I don't know, guys, like 13-10, whatever the fuck the score ended up being. It's a little bit sad. I think uh, I think it speaks to the fact that I think quarterback might be the toughest position in all of sports. I, I, like I, I Don't get me wrong. I totally agree with you. But it really feels like they were not playing to Geno's air quotes strengths. He has none. That's why. <laughs> no, but you're totally right. Like they basically rolled out the same – Russell Wilson game plan of Mm -hmm. like they're not changing up the route tree to give him like easier routes to throw they're still making him throw the same deep ball to Tyler Lockett that Russell Wilson throws six times a game and he's not particularly good at it like it's you need to do something to actually get him some opportunities I think that's I, I think what you're saying Eric actually in my mind supports what Anthony is saying about how hard it is to play that quarterback position um because it is so tailored and so specific. Like that, that's one of the reasons like Herbert has been so crazy to see this kid come in and just ball out. Whereas you see people that play in the same system for two or three, four years. And that's when they start saying, Oh yeah, they're really starting to get it. And then you have one person go down and it's like, okay, well this guy can only do 80% of this. Okay. Well that's not good enough at the highest level. And you get embarrassed. Like you get really embarrassed, which you, like, Mike White, is that the guy who's playing for New York this weekend? That's going to be bad. Like, it's going to be worse than what Zach Wilson was doing, and they already <laughs> lost by, like, 30. Like, it, 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 it's crazy to me. It really is. Like, I, I agree with Anthony. And for the longest time, I thought it was the NHL goalie. I thought that was the hardest position. But then watching the, the drop-off, I do think it's the quarterback. I think the, the NHL goalie you can still make a case for just because of the amount. I think there's more, like, unfair pressure that gets put on NHL goalies like goalies that are on bad teams that the fan base just decides it's the goalie's fault I feel like that happens more often than with NFL quarterbacks like quarterbacks have more control over wins and losses maybe that's not true but they have you know you get to actually see them controlling some aspect of the game whereas a goaltender can just get laid out to dry all the time and then get sent out of town that's true. Too. No, I do think uh, NHL goalies probably would be <clears throat> maybe second on my on my list. I still think it's quarterback, though. I just think like you got to process things in like fractions of a second. Well,
do our matchups for the next week um, coming up. But uh, Kyle in last place, two and five. Char in first place, four and three. Anything could happen. Anything. Other yeah, than Char alone, alone in first place, four and three. Like, just crazy. <laughs> well, we have yeah. four, three, and fours. I think everyone, like, last week in the SSFL for that division, everyone who needed to win and, like, needed someone else to lose, like, it all happened perfectly to get this scenario where it's all clustered. Like, no one was able to separate. It just, it's just wild. It's just wild. The only thing better that could have happened is if um, Sherry Art would have lost and it could have been, like, Five, three, and four. Sure did lose. He did lose. Oh, he did lose. Okay. James yeah. Needham. Yeah, he was another Monday Night Sweat yeah, with um, Calloway Marquez. too. And he caught that right. one pass, and then uh, but there was crazy. holding. I uh, fucking just crazy fantasy football. What a what a hobby. Yeah, would I want like would that pass have been enough? Because it, it was like close. a thirty yard pass, something like that. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, he lost by two point seven points okay so it so i very likely would have been been, yeah 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 i mean yeah kyle like i said um like the fantasy football changes so fast he wins two in a row he's now two games outside of first place in the division fucking wild i mean he's gonna lose this week though the poor guy but you know (laughs) (laughs) i mean but you know we've we're finishing off the year with three uh, weeks of interdivisional games. Mm-hmm. It really, it really does feel like anything could happen. Like we keep saying it, but like it's gonna be a wild set of weeks. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, I know we joke about Shar is like somehow points against always working out, but if that even like even this like you know tips a little bit towards the mean, he could he could go on a little bit of a drought here. And uh, and the the door is open. You know, you say that, but like his points for sucks. He's like he's already just got lucky. No, that's what oh, I mean, right? Brandon. Yeah. Brandon, I'll be honest. That sounds like the only other person in the division that has something that starts with a six in front of their points against. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, there are five teams in that division with two hundred more points against than Sherry are Yeah, in seven weeks, and. Brendan's the only one. It is nuts. Like I did my Sherry R rant last week. I'm not doing it again, but it is pretty crazy. Like I know that he lost and everything, but still it is wild that he's sitting there, which means a lot right now. And every, like every win means, you know, you have a scratch and claw for it. And he's out here just falling ass backwards into it. For the record, I think my team is dog shit and I think I've got lucky. So I'm not trying to paint any sort of picture where I'm not also getting lucky for what few, uh, victories i've got also i just realized that our division has been renamed the spicy division and i like it (laughs) now we need a name for the other division welcome i mean i was gonna just name it anthony's division but i was oh no not on board not on (laughs) board disagree yeah that is uh how do we remove missioner powers um i would like to pull attention to brandon murray's team who i believe is on a four game losing streak Oh no. Or is it five now? I wonder. James Connor, woof. That's a that's a lot of points against. 
Yeah, I mean, he has been um, unlucky. What and the computer thing is not showing me the uh, the win streaks thing. here. <laughs> um, where is he? Yeah, no, four game losing streak. So he started out two and one, and was you know that's a nice start when you go through the first three weeks above five hundred, and then he's just dropped four straight games, and like that's how fast it can happen, right? You're just like it's gonna happen to harsh too. Losing four straight, if it could very well, yeah. No. Spooky. Should we jump into the matchups this week? Yeah, I'm going to a movie in like five minutes, so oh, I'll give you all. Uh, I'm going to go watch that last duel with uh, a few different people in it. Oh, nice! Oh. Haven't sounds I have? Like sounds like you're really bought into it. I haven't been to uh, a movie in probably like two years, so I'm actually looking forward to it. Should go see Dune. Yeah, yeah. yeah this yep. is the official SSFL plug for Dune. Yeah. Is that good? Oh, it's really I, good. I, I Do you like space? Uh, I've been into it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> what does that? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about it when I was younger, but when I got older, I heard I learned about it. I was like, that's pretty cool. It's like girls. Yeah, All right, let's get into the matchups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone fill some time while I type in. Okay, okay let's we, start. Can we do my my game first. Uh, All right, here's, fail. Here's, okay, hold on, I'm almost done. No, Kevin, break it down for us. Uh, there's not much to break down. Uh, Devonte Adams, big kick in the dick. I'll be honest. Um, there's still like a big time uh, outside shot that he could play. Is my understanding. I'm not holding my mm -hmm. breath on it. Um, but he needs two negative tests in 24 hours. So theoretically he could test at 5 PM tomorrow night and no, or I guess whatever the 90 minutes before the thing is. So we'll know, but I'm planning not to have them. And then Antonio Brown apparently uh, bought a crutch on the weekend. So that's also not great. Um, I'll be honest. I don't love my chances this week with my kind of big dogs down. I was looking forward to the Rogers and Adams. Rogers has been dialed in since week one. I know I felt pretty dejected, but. Um, I do think it's kind of a toss up. Like it could really go either way and I'm going to take myself because I'm not usually confident in that, but, uh, I need it. And I'd like to think Bill Belichick can scheme Justin Herbert into being a human. Dearness Johnson fucked me in a different league last week. I'd like to think a replacement running back doesn't do, do it two weeks in a row, but I mean, I've been more wrong in my life. DJ Moore has been dog shit for a while, but of course he's playing Atlanta. So he's probably going to go off. And um, Uzuma is playing the Jets. So sign him up for two touchdowns. So I'm probably going <laughs> to lose, but I'm taking myself. All right, Kevin, hit me with your rapid takes for the other matchups. We got me and Jay. Oh God. All right. Hold on. Um, where you at here? You and Jay. Oh no, I'm in the wrong week. Yeah, I yeah, think you are. Fucked everything up. No, nope, I see. Kenny. Yeah, you and Kenny. Um, I think I said two weeks ago or last week that Kenny is like my sneaky second half team. Chris Godwin's there without Antonio Brown. Um, I think that could be pretty pretty good against New Orleans. Um, Jamal Williams, Matt Stafford against Houston. That's a big yikes. Patrick Mahomes has been. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with Kenny purely because you're starting Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, I'm going to stop. No, God. Yeah, he does not get the seal of approval. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, I was talking to Anthony about this week. Uh, this week, I'm going to go jump into Eric versus Jay. Um, yeah. I do not like how much I like Justin's team. Uh, it, it upsets me a little bit. Um, I'm going to have to take Justin. I'm sorry, Eric. I can't provide too much analysis. I just I think Justin seems pretty good. Um, another one to get in here. James and Dion. I'm going to take Dion because he's the highest winning percentage all time in SSFL. Sounds like a pretty good bet. Uh, I'm going to take Sherry R because Sherry R is obviously going to win. And... <laughs> Uh, I was going to take Brandon, but he has Carson Wentz on his team. So I'm going to take Mike. And, uh, do you want to talk about, uh, Kyle's chances to be Tony or are you going to go? Where's it at? Uh, oh no. (laughs) There is a legitimate chance for Kyle to beat Anthony this week. And it is with. Jalen Hurts uh, and Detroit. It is with Derrick Henry in Indianapolis, DeAndre Swift in Philadelphia, and AJ Brown at Indianapolis. Those four are going to combine for 110 points. Anthony <laughs> is going to shotgun a tall boy if I'm right, and I will shotgun a regular beer if I am wrong. Agreed, Anthony? Wait, I'm getting worse odds on that? Of course. I'm calling 110 <laughs> points on four players. Yeah. Oh, I see. I Yeah, no, it took my brain a little while. Yeah, no, I'll take you up on that. That's fine. Okay, cool. See ya. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Kevin. <laughs> <See you> Kevin. <laughs> and with that, he disappears into the night. <laughs> uh, to be fair, like, well, I'm, I have our game up here. I do agree with Kevin. Like, Kyle has those big four, and um, – like those four players can score a lot of points. So, but uh, I think with Jalen Ertz, since he only scores in garbage time, but they're playing Detroit and they should probably be winning in the fourth quarter that he's actually not going to have garbage time points. And so maybe he won't be as effective. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm going to, um, can somebody, I don't really do the internet very much. Can somebody explain Van Jefferson's, nickname to me Kyle's I, don't, team. I don't know who Kyle has nicknamed Van Jefferson yt.com slash van life I don't understand what that is I think that there is a large community on YouTube of insufferable twats that live in their van and only drink yerba mate yeah you're right actually that's exactly what it is and his name is van and therefore he is a van life. Okay, so yt.com is YouTube for the uninitiated? I mean, I'm only guessing. Okay, all right. Oh, I didn't actually want to type it into my URL bar to find out, so I was hoping. Oh, I got a private browser right here. <laughs> Server not found, 501. Cool. I'm going to take Kyle because I love a good David versus Goliath story, and I believe in Derrick Henry, and it would be spicy. Should I even put a kicker into my lineup, or is that? Like... I would respect you a lot more if you didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eric, which way are which way are you leaning? Uh, before I can, I need another nickname explained. Why is Cortland Sutton named Screeching Noises? I think because he vultures things, and we have kind of an inside joke that when you vulture things, you go ah.
Okay. Does he right. vulture things so, though, or does he just is he just Score good touchdowns. at football? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I mean, when I hear screeching noises, I think of vulturing touchdowns. I'm only I'm only trying to interpret here, you know. Fair enough. I will accept. Kyle, if you're listening, please uh, give us a like or a comment to explain. Please <laughs> like, and, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, smack the subscribe button. <laughs> Hit the bell. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going Anthony. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Kyle. I just, the, you know, it's hard for me to buy into Kevin's logic because A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry are on the same team. So, mm. and the Indianapolis defense is like, you know, league average. So the idea that both of them would score 25 points is hard for me to buy. That's true. Uh, it is incredible that Derrick Henry is still averaging like 25 points a week, seven weeks into the year. It's insane. He yeah. is but, uh, good at the football. Yeah. It's going to okay. be a down week for Derrick Henry. Watch. All right. Um, let's do Brandon and Mark first. Mike, Mark, whatever. And uh, we're in the weeks now where the first thing I want to look at is notable buys and <laughs> Mike is down Josh Jacobs and a kicker, but he gets Josh Allen back and Ezekiel and Elliott. Elliott back. Yeah. yeah. That seems like a good trade. I would take that trade. I hope <laughs> he checks his lineup before tomorrow night and maybe swaps in Randall Cobb because without Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers needs to throw to somebody. Um, possibly over AJ Green or Robbie Anderson. Pick your poison there. Is McLaurin hurting? No, he had a, uh, no, uh, he's very good. Yeah, he had a very good game. He's just um, doing the typical receiver thing of being questionable every week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I actually think AJ Green's sneaky good uh, start. He's been fairly um, mm-hmm. not too bad, actually. Um, but uh, assuming Mike puts in Josh Allen, who's playing like a Miami, ooh, that could be. Yeah, that could be good. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have a, we're gonna know some things after this Thursday night game because we got James Conner, we've got um, Aaron Jones, we've got potentially AJ Green all playing tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be very revealing. But I think I'm gonna take Brandon. I feel like he's due. His team's pretty good. He's on a four loss streak. Um, I'm gonna take Brandon. I'm going Brandon too. I feel like his team is a lot better than. Two and five. Yeah, I agree. Plus, he's uh, got the better. best player nicknames in the league. Shoutouts to Brandon, who also isn't listening. I like the completionist <laughs> thing that he's going with. Every player has a nickname. Always, it's yeah, it's true. He puts in the effort. Can we? Can someone explain the redacted cooks? Because uh, he spells his name terribly. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's good. Uh, Eric. You're going to complete the Brandon sweep, or are you taking the contrarian? Oh, uh, no, Mike already took, or Kevin took Mike. It's really hard, you know, because from what I understand with Mike, you always have to factor in the, like, 10% chance that he doesn't notice that he has buys. And <laughs> yep, exactly. Start people. So it's hard to go that way. But the thing, I think the X factor here, other than that Thursday night game, is the Minnesota-Dallas matchup that's coming up this weekend. Like preseason, we would have assumed that that would be like an absolute barn burner, like two mm-hmm. pretty good offenses, two garbage defenses. But the teams haven't really like worked out that way. The Dallas defense seems better and the offense seems worse than we would expect. So it's kind of hard to say, like this could be a game where Ezekiel Elliott 
gets all the Dallas touchdowns and it's a big barn burner and he scores like 30 points and Mike wins. But I don't know what to think about the Cowboys this year. They've really not played how we expect them to play. So I think I got to go Brandon. Yeah, that's interesting. I could also see that game somehow being like 17-13 and really just ugly. Yeah. Yeah, and like in week one, Dallas looked how we expected them to look with um, Dak Prescott back. It was uh-huh. like tons of air yards. Dak Prescott threw for like 500 yards. CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper got lots of lots of looks and scored touchdowns, both of them. And then since then, it's been like the Seahawks offense. <laughs> but effective. Uh, yeah, and they're five and one or whatever. So. so you're taking Mike then? I'm not taking Mike. I'm taking Brandon. I just wanted to add some color to my analysis. Ah, nice. All right, we got... Shar and Tyler up next. Shar with an empty quarterback spot right now. Lamar Jackson on bye. Um, it would be really spicy if Shar lost this. That's pretty much my analysis. <laughs> um, I mean, just looking. I actually think I I would. I don't think I'm. Well, he's, he's not going to start Equinemius or Amon Ross, St. Brown, or he doesn't actually have. Oh, he's got C.D. Lamb to put in. Okay, but then he's lost. He lost Marquise Brown. Oh, interesting. But Chase Claypool's coming back. Wow, it's, it's a wide receiver carousel. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Tyler here. I just think he's got a better team. I actually don't think Sherry Air's team is very good. No kidding. Um. Um, okay, so you threw some shade Amon Rosway, and just to stand up for him, yes, he goosed last week, which is kind of unexplainable. But the three previous weeks, he had eight targets, eight targets, seven targets, mm-hmm. and was like pretty solid in that lineup. So I don't actually hate the play, mm-hmm. um, especially when Marquise Hollywood Brown's on the bye. You got to fill in somewhere, uh, but he does get CD Lamb back this week too, I guess. So that could be big mm-hmm. for his lineup. Um, is Sterling Shepard playing football these days I don't uh, so. that's a very good question the Giants wide receivers are not holding it together yeah uh, all three of Galladay, Tony and Sterling Shepard apparently were at practice but were just like on the sidelines running sprints so <laughs> I'm yeah, going, anyway I'm going Tyler for the drama <laughs> yeah I'm going Tyler for the Alvin Kamara pick the best player in the matchup Yep. And there's nothing much going on, I guess. Okay, who's next? Uh, James Dion. Ooh, tight one. Very, very close. They both got their lineups already set. This is a huge um, matchup, actually. Um, because, like, James is 2-5. and five. He really needs this win to get back into it, and you know, Dion three and four looking to maybe move into first place. Like they, uh, this is big win for uh, potentially for both of them. I feel like if James loses this, you kind of got to think that, that, you know, this is kind of like a quote unquote must win game for him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. This is a big week, a big week for both of them. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. It's, that's tough. It, uh, it's really Dion, tight too. Looking at this. Dion losing Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Justin, nice enough to drop Hunter Henry for Dion. To start, <laughs> well, I mean, so. Justin has too many tight ends, so. 
I'm liking Dion's lineup. I'm liking Mixon at the Jets. Mm, yeah. I. You know what the big question mark for me is? Is Tyreek. Mm-hmm. It really depends on if Patrick Ice decides he wants to play football <laughs> again. I feel like that's our that's our decider there. Yeah, I think another um, thing is like, does Kenneth Gainwell suddenly get ten carries this week for Dion, or does he just, you know, share with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott the ten Philadelphia carries that exist? So. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree with both of those points, and I'm going to take. Uh, I'm just going to take James. I'm just going to take James. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is heating up, and uh, I don't know. I'm just feeling James. I'm going James. Sorry. I'm going Dion. Uh, I got to believe in Tyreek Hill because I need Patrick Ice to step up. And so, you know, you got to support the team. I'm also going to make my pick based on what I would like to have happen. And that is that Dion loses because I see him as by far the biggest threat in the division. And him going to three and five would be a big help. All right, um, Kevin Harsh, uh, pretty even looking right now. Yeah, I think Kevin um, broke it down best. Like having no Devonte Adams is tough. Thankfully, dra- Ke- uh, Kevin drafted way too many wide receivers, um, but two of them are out, and he gets to slide in Allen Robinson. Under normal circumstances, you'd feel pretty good about that, but he's been terrible. I don't think it's any fault of his own, but. Um, yeah, Alan Robinson yeah. currently projected by Sleeper for 9.48, which would be his best week of the year. So. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, I think he's got a good point about New England maybe maybe shutting down at least Mike Williams. Um, oh, he's also got the Keenan Allen versus Mike Williams and Justin Herbert. That's really tough. That's really tough. But uh, I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick Kevin because I want Harsh to lose. Uh, sorry, Kevin. I'm taking harsh. I just I like the look of his, the look of his team. I think Herbert's been real solid, and uh, I think they might have a good matchup against New England. Is uh, is Nick Chubb playing this week? Uh, optimistically. Okay, yes. I'm going going Kevin. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a huge uh, huge thing for for Harsh. But I mean, we've, oh, we've had this. He's out Darren Waller this week, too. Sorry, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We've had this thing come up before where we've got these like ostensibly good running backs who miss a week or two and are injured. And then they were like, oh, are they going to play this week? And it's like, eh, maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't. And so far, most of them have come back and not done much of anything. Mm-hmm. So it's true. It or like Saturday nervous. afternoon, they get suddenly put on IR. <laughs> what can you do? All right, uh, second last, we've got Eric and Jay. Eric, tell me a story. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to paint quite the narrative, I think, to be honest with you. Uh, As Kevin said, Justin's team is very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Daryl Henderson, both RB1s. Tom Brady is currently the best quarterback for fantasy in the league. DeAndre Hopkins, in terms of the fantasy points that have been scored this year, Tom Brady is number one. Colin Murray, I think, is three. So shut the fuck up. 
DeAndre Hopkins earlier in the year was kind of in like a weird, like a couple of weeks ago, if you looked at the Cardinals receivers, there was four receivers that had like identical receptions, identical targets, identical yardage, all like within a very small margin of error. And the last couple of weeks, DeAndre Hopkins has like really separated himself from the rest of the Mm -hmm. pack. And so that kind of scares me. Also Jerry Judy potentially coming back. Like this team is just so good. Um, I think I have good receivers. They are just not scoring fantasy points is the problem. Like Amari Cooper's not getting targets. DK Metcalf, as we discussed, not getting targets. Michael Pittman, when he gets targets, looks amazing. He's had like three incredible highlight reel touchdowns this year, but Carson Wentz can't throw outside the numbers, so that's useless. Uh, Long story short, I'm taking me against all of the analysis I just gave. I was just going to say, you did a great job convincing me that uh, I'm taking Jay. Not that this I'm is, much convinced. No, this is a, uh, I'm predicting a blow up week here for Eric. I think uh, we got um, DK Metcalf versus Jacksonville. They're not going to make that mistake again. He could go for 150 and two. Travis Kelsey coming back after um, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs not playing well. You got Cooper coming off of a bye. I think he reestablished himself as the number one. Um, and I think it's just an explosion. I think it's a bonanza. And of course, you got fantasy MVP Cordero Patterson cannot be stopped so what are you going to set the line at how much is eric going to beat justin by uh i think i'm going to set the line up mm, let's say 15 and a half wow oh yep okay i love the confidence in me yep i just seen it i'm seeing a gigantic explosion all right we've got a number of spicy takes already for uh for this week uh last and maybe least, we've got myself versus Kenny. Uh, Patrick Mahomes projected for 30.36 points. That seems seems ambitious. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the guy, but the last couple weeks have been you, very hard to watch. You got to think they're going to figure it out, right? I I hope so. I sure hope so. So I think I think you gotta you just gotta continue to bet on good players and so I trust that he they'll bounce back. I think they have a big week this week. I already predicted like for Eric Kelsey going off, so I think Mahomes is is in line with that. So So in order for Mahomes to score thirty, you gotta factor in the negative six for the turnovers. So how many touchdowns is that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, the Giants. they the yeah. The Giants have not been good, have they? No, they are a bad football no, they're, team. They're very bad. I mean, maybe that's what they need. I mean, I'm picking myself regardless. Like you know, I gotta I gotta support the home team. So yeah, chalk this one up for me. I think this is a tough matchup. Uh, yeah, Kenny's, Kenny's got some really delicious, uh, really delicious matchups. Yeah, I was trying to talk myself in actually to picking you, and then I started looking at Kenny's matchups. So, Jamal Williams against Philadelphia. Philadelphia's run defense is horrendous this year. Jacksonville against Seattle, not a great run defense. Terrible. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Uh, Chris Godwin against New Orleans, like that. Just I don't know. New Orleans's defenses look pretty good, but last year Tom Brady just like absolutely shredded new orleans and for whatever reason i expect that to continue um and then jamar chase who's amazing against the new york jets 
It's just yeah. a recipe for another 28-point fantasy week. Yeah, and then Stafford and the Higby stack going up against Houston. you got to love that. Yeah. So. yeah. Yep. I'm worried so, about yeah. it. But... Going Kenny. Yeah, I'm going Kenny as well. Uh-oh. Well, thanks for the confidence. <laughs> um, feels like since he's going to have a big week, um, before we wrap up here, do we want to do a quick what, what game are you watching Sunday sure. morning? Or, uh, like, what's what's your game of the week this week? Let me pull up the schedule. I think good, the game of the week is the Thursday night game, very clearly, Green Bay, Arizona. It's definitely um, one of them, for that sure. That should be good. And then probably Dallas, Minnesota on Sunday night. Yeah, it's actually not a lot of great... I guess the Pittsburgh and Cleveland one is like a little bit inter, like a divisional game, but no Baker. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis is actually kind of intriguing. Yeah, I was um, going to say that one, but I didn't want to get like heat for Carson Wentz. So. Yeah, no, but like the, they're not like these aren't. I'm not excited, but based on the other games, um, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm liking this Bucks Saints game. Are you really? I mean, I I feel like I I mean I like to watch Brady play football. Yeah, that's true. I feel like that could be a blowout. I don't think the Saints are good. I think six point spread is is way too generous. That game they might I might hammer the over on that one. That game could be thirty five to ten. I just found out that the Saints are four and two, and that is shocking to me. I would have yeah. definitely put it the other way if I yeah. had to guess not watched a lot of saints coverage ever other than like red zone and that game on monday i would not have guessed four and two yep uh anthony who are you locking up this week if you are willing to say locking up like in the nfl in like in the uh survivor oh and the survivor um i had this planned so i picked green bay last week and i think the reason was that i wanted to pick um I wanted to pick LA Rams. Where are they? Do I Texas. still? Yes. There we go. Yep. Hmm. So that's who I will be picking. Right. I think I took the Rams earlier this year. So I'm going Buffalo over Miami, which I feel pretty good about. Yeah. I'd feel pretty good about that too. I already picked Buffalo though. Um, interesting one is, is Bengals versus the Jets. That's a very popular pick now that we know that the Bengals are good. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't, you can also, oh, I still have the Chiefs available too. Um, but that just feels, I would hate, oh, that would be bad. That would be a bad way to go out. Right. I have the Chiefs guys. available too. And I looked at it and I was like, I can't even, I can't even do it. Like I can't, right? I, I think you've got to wait for the week after Mahomes pops back off. Yeah. You right. know how you'd feel so bad, right? Like if you pick them and they, they dropped another dud, you're like, I saw this coming. Like I knew this was going to happen. Why did I do this to myself? I think if I had to pick a shitty team to win, I'd pick the Eagles over the 0 and 7 Lions. A sneak in an Eagles game. Oh, that's not that's not a terrible idea. Uh, if you wanted to get really spicy, you pick the Lions because I think the Lions. <laughs> if you're right, like, uh, that's that is the risk it for the biscuit, but like, yeah, yeah. I haven't no. seen a so, lot of Lions highlights, but they have looked horrendous they've been frisky in a couple of games i mean <laughs> yeah they were frisky against san francisco in week one and, and baltimore yeah that's true yeah that's true yeah i would i would absolutely not put my lock on the eagles against the lions this week. <laughs> no like it's 
I can't remember who says this, but there's, uh, it might even be like Matthew Barry or something, but the whole like, don't trust bad teams on the road. It doesn't matter yeah. who they're playing, but if you have a bad team on the road, you just don't put money on them. Yep. And that's the Eagles this week. Totally. So. Okay, cool. Let's All call right, it nice. there. Good luck on the weekend. And yep. uh, we'll see you next Adios. week. Adios. Right, see you later. See